T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. A modified two-game sweep in Philadelphia over the weekend. Does it make up for Super Bowl 52? Uh, No, it does not. Does it make up for when Dr. J outscored Larry Bird? No. Does it expunge the unpleasant memories of Bobby Clark scoring in overtime and Bernie Perrant making all those saves in a Stanley Cup of 45 years ago? Uh, Possibly, because personally, I'm not much of a hockey fan. But either way, however you feel about the Boston-Philadelphia rivalry, taking two at Patterson and Broad, a nice little September side note. The Sox technically still not dead in the playoff race although that's really a stretch. We'll review the back-to-back wins right now, because this is Sox Daily. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's where you're going to find out what the Sox are doing. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. Oh, it's your Daily Sox Podcast. And here's your host. You were probably distracted this weekend, I understand. Uh, you might have missed it. 2-1 to one and 6-3 to three wins in Philadelphia. Eddie Rodriguez, 12 strikeouts Saturday. Christian Vasquez, a pair of home runs Sunday, including a grand slam. Put that in your Nick Foles and smoke it. Red Sox actually with a three-game win streak as they head home to play the Mike Estremskis. Uh, their record now 79-70. and 70. Josh Lewin with you. Let's get right to it. I'll give you a lot more audio of other people than of me just yammering. I think that's probably preferable. But Saturday, it struck me that sometimes one option emerges out of many, and it's not what you might expect. I was remembering a story about the uh, the Leo Burnett ad agency. They got the Frosted Flakes account in the 1950s, and they introduced four rotating spokes characters. They have Tony the Tiger. Elmo the Elephant, Newt the, the New, you know, G-N-U, Newt the New, and Katie the Kangaroo. I know, right? Uh, Tony the Tiger was such a breakout performer, the other three just simply went away. No ensemble cast, just one star. And of all things, Eduardo Rodriguez, you're Tony the Tiger because everybody else has just flat disappeared here. There is no ensemble cast of pitching as we thought there would be this year. It was Eddie Rodriguez with six and two-thirds innings that set the tone for the weekend. And this is a guy that had come in with a 1.1 ERA his last five starts. And for the year, the Red Sox 22-8 and eight when he takes the ball. So you feel good about him no matter what. He's durable, uh, definitely a five-innings-plus guy. Each of his last 25 outings now, a matter of fact. So Saturday, he ties his season high in strikeouts. And from the first inning through the sixth, at one point, he had retired 18 out of 20. Got 16 swinging strikes on his changeup. He had two hits allowed in a six-inning stretch. One was an infield single. The other was a ball that probably should have been caught. Fell in between Jackie Bradley Jr. and J.D. Martinez for a ground rule double. But that did not take Erod off his game at all. Problem was, he was matched up against Aaron Nola, who's now had three terrific starts against the Sox the last couple of years. Finally, the Sox got to Nola in the seventh. There was a walk to Devers. Martinez singled up the middle. Vasquez doubled off the left center wall. That brought Devers in. Sox were up one nothing. 
But Rodriguez had a bit of a hiccup, too. That was in the seventh. Bryce Harper singled back-to-back strikeouts, but then he hit Adam Hazley, ended up loading the bases, walked Michael Franco to bring in the tying run, and that's why he didn't actually win the game. But uh, they would eventually win off the bench Andrew Benintendi. We'll get to that in just a moment. But Erod with a no decision, stuck at 17 wins, three more starts to try and get that magic 20 number. To him, 200 is the magic number. He wants that number of innings, and he will get there. He's at 185 and a third now. Sox haven't had a 20-game winner since Porcello's Cy Young season of 16. They've only had eight win 20 in a Red Sox uniform the last 50 years. Other than Porcello, it's Beckett, Schilling, Pedro twice, Derek Lowe in 2 Clemens three times, Eck did it in 78, Louis Tiant did it three times before that. But anyway, even without the win, uh, you, you love the strikeout totals being up there again. That's uh, Every time he faces a National League team, it's a, a double-digit strikeout game. Phillies, 12 strikeouts, Dodgers, 10, Colorado, 10. But we mentioned they needed a sack fly from Andrew Benintendi off the bench to actually win this thing. Let's let you hear from the hero. Here is Benny after the game. Two to one, a very, very well-pitched ball game. And with us is Andrew Benintendi, who didn't start and came on as a pinch hitter. And, Andrew, that's something you have done very little of, but you were very aggressive, first ball swinging, and drove in the the winning run with a sack fly. What was your thinking there? Yeah, I was just trying to keep it simple and just try to get it somewhere in the outfield. Um, You know, in that situation, you're not trying to hit it on the ground at all. So um, just try to get a pitch to, to hit to the outfield and was lucky enough to do it. Andrew, no, it's, it's got to be one of the toughest things in all of baseball to pinch hit. You're sitting on the bench for nine innings. You're facing, obviously, their best and nearest late in the game. I mean, how difficult is that? And, I mean, you got to go up there, and, and you've got to be aggressive, I suppose. I mean, you really have no choice, do you? Right, yeah. I mean, I was up there, you know, hunting the first pitch if it was there. And, um, you know, you just got to stay ready um, as best you can. You know, there's, you know, go to the cage a few times, just stay loose and, um yeah, just try to be be ready whenever your name's called. So, uh, you know, Brock went up there, and they told me I was hitting next. So um, just kind of locked it in, and I and, uh, was able to get the job done. So you had a little time to think about it? Yeah, yeah, I had, you know, time to look at the pitcher and things like that. So um, get some swings in, stay loose. Benny, this is a team right now that obviously knows what it's facing. The postseason, they're not going to be a possibility this year. But you guys are, are veteran players, and some of you young veterans like yourself and uh, there's got to be a lot of pride on the line here right now, and you guys want to go out and still win as many games as you can, but you, you still have to remain focused down the stretch, and how difficult can that be? Yeah, I mean, obviously we know where we're at, and, you know, it's not exactly where we want it to be, obviously. So um, just got to, you know, show up and play hard. I mean, these games, you know, still count. I mean, maybe not for, you know, the postseason or anything like that, but, you know, you still want to go out there and win. And, um, you know, when you got guys like Eddie, you know, going out there and, you know, throwing – you know, an incredible game. You know, you you want to be behind him. You want to win for him. So, um, you know, we're just trying to play hard and, uh, you know, just trying to ride this out and, um, you know, just try to have fun and enjoy it as much as we can. Indeed. We thought that was as good as we've ever seen, Eddie. He was really dominant, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, he had his stuff working tonight. I feel like he was moving in and out and changing speeds. And he had, I think he had that change-up really working tonight. So uh, he did a great job. Well, congratulations, Andrew, on uh, driving in uh, the winning run, and thanks for joining us. I appreciate it, guys. All right, thanks so much to Andrew Benintendi, who, by the way, was very nearly a Cub. And that's on my mind because the Cubs now have scored something like 46 runs in their last three games. And, uh, you know, you look back to when he was the number seven pick of, uh, of the draft and the Red Sox sitting on that number seven pick. The, the Cubs wanted him too, but the Cubs didn't pick until ninth. 
And the Cubs ended up with Ian Happ. I guess that's not bad, but Benintendi at seven, that, that was better. Benintendi developed so quickly in the minors. You might not remember this. He had a 23-game hitting streak in A-ball. And at one point, he went basically two weeks, 60 swings without a single swing and a miss at single A. So it was apparent very early the Red Sox really had something. He hasn't had his complete breakout kind of season yet. Maybe that's next year. But, you know, at least he stayed healthy this year. Uh, Only 11 Red Sox have spent their entire year on the active roster. He's one of them. You've got Barnes. you got Betts, who right now is nursing a little toe injury. We'll talk more about that in a bit. Bogarts, Bradley, Devers, J.D., Porcello, Erod, Vasquez, Brandon Workman. Those are the only guys that have been around all year for all this. Uh, Alex Cora, by the way, says he has a plan to cut down on how often guys like Barnes and Walden and Taylor and Workman are going to pitch here coming up. Walden, for example, is at 65 games and counting now, if you include the minors. Uh, you know, last year he had, he had 28 appearances. This is quite a jump. Taylor's gone from 48 appearances to 69. So, anyway, Alex Cora, after the 2-1 to win Saturday, thought you'd like to hear from him. He talked about Eddie Rodriguez leading off. Excellent. Excellent again. Uh, his stuff was outstanding. He, he threw a lot of breaking balls early in the game. His changeup was great, the fastball. Um, I mean... <clears throat> he's throwing like an ace and uh you know we're we're very happy with the progress and, and the fact that you know it's september 14th 15th and he's as strong as early in the season and that's 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 good to see is that the most animated you've seen him on the mo- on the mound since the world series maybe? yeah he almost threw the glove he almost slammed it but uh i mean it was his game right there you know um he learned a lot today um I don't think the walk was that bad in that inning. It was actually hit by pitch. I want to count. We put him away, and maybe he has one more inning. But uh, he put himself in a tough position. He comes back, makes it 3-2, but then he, he aimed that one. You know, he, he'll tell you later. That's probably his worst changeup in his career. The approach for the Red Sox against no and that pitching, that bullpen, that pitch pretty well supported this week as well. How nice it's like that tonight. No, I mean, uh, we did some good things. Um, we did some bad things too, but um, he, he's a good pitcher, and we saw the videos of him against Atlanta. He was a little bit off. It seems like the breaking ball wasn't as sharp as today, but he was able today to expand the zone with the breaking ball and the fastball. He threw a lot of changeups too. He's, I mean, seen the last two years, and you know, with all the respect to all the pitchers that we have faced, he's been the best one. Um, I think it's four starts, and love the way he competes. Love his stuff. Uh, he doesn't panic. He has pitched twice over there at home and twice here. And, you know, with the offense that we have, he still dominates us. So they really have a good one. Uh, he, he's a special one, and I'm glad that we're not going to face him. Well, yeah, it, it would have been cool to face him in October, but, uh, you know, I guess we'll face him next year. Is your intention to give him three more starts? Eduardo, yeah. Eduardo's pitching on Thursday again. Yeah. Thursday, Tuesday, Sunday. I think that's how it works, huh? Yeah, that's what we're gonna do. Yeah. yeah. If, if you were like one or two games out of the wild card right now, would you have pinch hit for Eduardo? Yeah. I would have pinch hit probably for Gorky's, but Brock wasn't feeling great, so you know it was one of those like it's on one shot, and I don't know. It just his stuff was that good too, you know. So it's not that easy to make the decision, especially with two outs, you know. Two outs is tough at bad. The, the one before, I thought about it, but you know I didn't want to tie my hands up. Um, you know we're trying to stay away from Benny just for a mental side of it, just like relax and enjoy it. So not enjoy, learn from it, and 
Um, you know, too bad that he, you know, he walked the guys, whatever. But, uh, you know, I think he learned a lot, a lot today, and that's part of the process. All right, there you go. There's a manager. We'll hear from him again in short order. But uh, Sunday first, Rick Porcello, win number 13. Brandon Workman, save number 14. Very acceptable numbers from both men. Although with Porcello, you'd expect more than five innings pitch for a win and lower than a 5.6 ERA for the year. For Workman, you, you wouldn't think those 14 saves would lead the team and be more than Barnes and Brazier combined. But the, the biggest outlier numbers of Sunday, they belong to Vasquez. 20 and 21. Those were the, uh, the home runs hit for the season now. 21 total after a two-shot on Sunday, including a grand slam. 6-3 the final. Vasquez with about 150 more ABs than he's ever had in a season before. He's averaging a home run every six games this year. Into this year, it was one every 29. And this is going very well. And, and the Red Sox, remember, having signed him through 2021, team option for 22. That's looking very, very positive. Uh, not bad for a ninth-round pick in 08. Pick number 292 overall. As was Phil Plantier, a 292. As was Travis Shaw, a 292. Does that make Vasquez the best 292nd overall pick ever by the Red Sox? I think it might. He's a keeper, and uh, he is a keeper of sorts. Uh, If you don't know this story, he caught and kept the final out of that World Series last October, the fourth World Series title this century. And if you want to track where all those baseballs have gone, you probably know a little bit of the the tale of Dunk Minkiewicz, after 04, the Mikavich flap, the ball eventually loaned out to the Sox and then to Cooperstown. Uh, Jonathan Papelbon ended up with the 07 one after the Seth Smith comebacker, and he has said his dog ate it back at home in Florida. I don't know. Uh, David Ross kept the one from 2013 right up until 2017, and with a little nudge from Theo Epstein, he actually gave it to Koji Uhara, which was, I, I thought, a nice touch. But as of right now, that fourth World Series ball of the uh, of the century here for the Sox. Vasquez has it in a glass case in his house. And to date, anyway, no one's come calling for it. And, and if they do, uh, Vasquez has said the conversation is going to be brief. He's keeping it. And uh, if you watched the celebration on field at Dodger Stadium long enough last year, go back kind of as a brooder, real footage, you'd have seen Vasquez eventually sliding the ball to his then fiance. Gabriella with instructions to keep it in her purse. And they kind of got together after the game, passed the ball back to Christian. He still got it, and and that's that tale. Anyway, you guys want to hear from Christian Vasquez after his two-home run salvo on Sunday? Here you go. All right. Congratulations, Christian Vasquez. A day of first for you, a grand slam, your first uh, multi-home run game and first five RBI game. You had it all going, Christian. (laughs) It was fun. It was fun, you know, hit the 20 and 21. You know, get the W, you know, happy flight back home is everything, you know, you know, it's, it's fun for us. Hey, Christian, how does the body feel right now? It's late in the season, but you seem to be getting stronger and stronger and stronger. I mean, you play such a demanding position, but how are you feeling right now physically? Very good. You know, I like to play, you know, I like to be there for my team and, and how the team win, you know. In the bench, I can't help, you know, it's, you know, they pay me for Play, play the game, and, and, you know, it's fun to be there and help the team win. That the grand slam came on a pitch that appeared to be uh, well below the knees and outside a curveball. You were all over it, though, huh? Yeah, outside good, you know, breaking, you know. I was thinking like a catcher there. They, they're not throwing a fastball there, you know. 
to get beat with the fastball, and you know, I was waiting for something soft. So I get it. Hey, uh, Christian, I, I talked to Alex Cora before the game. We are talking about how you really have taken the next step as a big league player. You've played more games this year than you had at any point in your major league career. What is the offseason going to be like for you? Because Alex seems to think that it's a very important offseason for you to continue to establish yourself as an everyday player. Yeah, I need to take care of my body. I think that's the key for, for the catcher, you know, eat well and, and you know, get your legs strong and, and, and everything strong, you know, to to get ready every day to play nine innings every day. And you'll be busy uh, being a dad, right? Yeah, in November. <laughs> All right, congratulations. Thank, thank uh, you, guys. Well, that was awesome. Tell us about Rick Porcel. Did he go to more two-seamers today? Yeah, he was the old Ricky. I think he threw more sinkers and cutters today. You know, nothing up in the zone, only the homer that Huskin hit the homer fastball up, but everything was down the zone and, and change-ups, you know, like the old Ricky. Do you think, Christian, one more for you here before we let you go, do you think in today's game down with the uh, the uppercut swings that a lot of hitters are taking that sometimes pitchers get too too much in love with throwing up in the zone and guys like uh, Rick Porcel should stay lower in the zone? I think so, you know. He won a, a side on throwing like that, you know. I don't, you know, the game changed so, so much right now that the launch angle and all, all that, and you know, but he he, he throw a, a sion like that. Why do you don't change? You know, I think he need to stay with that, and and you're gonna succeed like that. Makes a lot of sense, Christian. Congratulations on a great game and a great season. Thank you, guys. All Appreciate right, it. good luck in fatherhood. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right, there you have it, the battery mate of Rick Porcello, who did pitch long enough for the win, getting the win over Jason Vargas, who has been the winning pitcher zero times for Philly as they fade out of playoff contention. Nine starts he's made since coming over from the Mets. He has won none of them. The first Philly to turn that trick since Kyle Abbott in 1992. For Porcello, the uh, the four-year $82 million gravy train is two weeks away from pulling into the station Rick had a great quote after this game when asked about free agency. He said, I haven't gotten anyone out in two months. That's all I'm really thinking about right now. And I know it hasn't been a great year for Porcello, but he continues to lead the league in self-awareness. And I do appreciate that. After the game, the 6-3 to three win, here was Alex Cora one more time. Um, that was good. We, we talked a little bit yesterday. And uh, you know, when, when you don't get caught up on... on trying to do stuff, just keep it simple and go straight to the ball and, and, and battle at bats, good things happen. And uh, yesterday he had a good game, and today he, he stayed on that breaking ball, hit out of the ballpark, and, and put some good swings. You know, he's, he's having a terrific season. And uh, the cool thing about it is, like, the last month and a half defensively, he's been the guy that we, we envisioned, you know, um, blocking balls, throwing people out taking charge behind the plate you know he's had some tough games you know bullpen games and starters going short and and you got to be creative and stick to the game plan all that stuff and he's been amazing when you had that one basis loaded situation in the first one you got one how important was it for him to kind of come through like that in the third and in third matter way did it's big because uh although you don't want to obviously get caught up on what happened last year but it seems like whenever we have chances we just you know, scoring bunches, and uh, it hasn't happened this year. Uh, and then, you know, um, you know, mid strike strikes out, and um, um, it's like, okay, you know, here we go again. But uh, he put a good at bat, he put a good swing, and uh, 
we're able to to add on. Good fastball today. Really good fastball. Real good fastball. Um, I think uh, the breaking ball was good. Uh, good tempo after the first two innings. Uh, there was a lot of conviction behind the pitches. I think that was his best fastball since uh, Minnesota. Um, although in Minnesota was fastballs up today, the two seamer play more, but uh, you could see uh, some bad swings on his fastballs. After the last two things was a very encouraging outing for him. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's been batting, and then he's, you know, like I always said, you know, in between stars, he, he works hard trying to find it. And uh, I always said, you know, he has a good one and he'll try to find something that went wrong today. I don't, I don't see anything wrong today, you know, and we felt that five innings was good uh, where we were bullpen-wise, and he did an outstanding job. He'll be ready for Friday. What do you think turned around Christian defensively, you were saying the last month? I think he saw that, you know, there were some games there that, you know, he wasn't blocking pitches and he was dropping pitches, and, you know, that can happen, you know. Uh, he, when he signed, he was, everybody was talking about him defensively, um, all of a sudden, he's, he's swinging the bat well, and he kind of like, it's not that he, he didn't take care of his defense, but he wasn't as sharp as he usually is. And, and all of a sudden, you know, he's, he started doing it. He started blocking a few things mechanically, blocking pitches with uh, the talk, Jason and, and Epi, and, and now you see the results. You were pretty tough on him at times last year, um, just trying to get the most out of him. And I'm always tough with him, you know. Uh, um, <clears throat> We're from the same country, so he better play well, you know. Uh, it's just one of those that I know he works hard. You know, actually, we got him closer, you know, family-wise, you know, with Gabby and uh, and Diego, who's coming in November. And, uh, you know, we have a great relationship, so I feel like, you know, we, although he's a player, you know, I see him like a little brother. And, uh, you know, I, I play against him in winter ball. I, I manage against him, so I know what he can do. We've seen it back home, and I know he wants to be great. I know he has some high goals, you know, and uh, we have to push him because uh, when he relaxes, then, you know, he's getting suffers. Uh, it's short game series, but like uh, overall, the team of the wise and the pitching hitting everything, all, all facets like you saw tonight. This series, it was a good one. I played clean, clean baseball. We put good at bats. Uh, you know, we faced one of the best ones yesterday, and then Vargas is, th- is a tough one, you know, 84, 85 with the changeup and the breaking ball. You don't see that often, but I, I do feel we control the strike zone. Uh, you know, the walks, uh, you know, JD put a good a bad, you know, walk in. Uh, Benny start the game with the base hit. Uh, it, it was good overall. Yeah, it's good to now move on, enjoy the off day, and we got the Giants. You have, you have Vivaldi going on Tuesday? Yeah, we're going Nate, Chasin, and Eduardo. When you're kind of looking to get out of Nate, is it you want to? Uh, full go again, you know, um, be efficient, you know. Hopefully he can go six, maybe something else, but he, he's a full go. All right, since we've heard from Alex Cora, let's talk for a minute about the guy he'll be managing against when the homestand, very brief homestand, kicks off on Tuesday. Bruce Bochy is in his retirement tour, a little Viking funeral for him, one last lap around the track here. He's going to end up with a losing record as a manager, but he'll end up in the Hall of Fame, too. He's going to be right around 2,000 wins, a little bit over that as he rides off into the retirement sunset. I've always loved Bruce Bochy. Uh, He's got the huge head, the bucket-sized eight-and-three-quarters head. So, I mean, he, he possesses literally a big head, but he does not have a figurative big head. Uh, this is a very, very humble guy. Very slow speech pattern, very sleepy-looking countenance to him, but you can't let that demeanor fool you. He is one of the sharpest managers in the sport, bar none. Uh, Sam Elliott will play him in the movie, and uh, I, I just I love what he's accomplished in his career. And we'll talk about this more on Tuesday. But, yes, here comes Mike Yastrzemski as well, Grandpa Carl. 
who was, you don't need me to tell you, so popular enough at Fenway that Sherm Feller eventually stopped saying his name over the PA system entirely. Didn't have to. You just needed to say number eight. And then he was drowned out after, after all that. Similar in size. Uh, some of the old-timers might see a little resemblance here. Carl Yastrzemski was 5'11", 175. Mike is 5'11", 180. And it'll be fun to kind of go down that trail when the Giants are in town, no question about it. So there you have it, uh, a little look back at two games in Philly. Not much of a look ahead to three games against the Giants, but the Giants at the very, very edge of their wild card pursuit. They're about to fall out completely. And same for the Red Sox and the AL. We, we know it's coming, but technically they're still alive with these two wins in Philly over the weekend. This is Josh Lewin. Appreciate you listening. It's called Sox Daily. We'll do it again. Bye-bye. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.